You're listening to Flaunt, Find Your Sparkle and Create a Life You Love After Infidelity or Betrayal. Have you been betrayed by life, your body, or someone that you love? You're not alone. No matter what you've been through, Naked Self-Worth helps you regain confidence, joy, and enthusiasm so you can create a life you love and flourish. Tune in weekly and learn how. Hello, welcome to Flaunt. Find your sparkle and create a life you love after infidelity or betrayal. Today, we're going to take a deep dive into divorce. And while divorce is not necessarily the outcome of all infidelity and betrayal, it is a pretty common outcome. And whether you've been betrayed in the ways that you think like an intimate partner having an affair, or you simply feel betrayed by investing so much time and energy into a relationship that didn't work out, recovery and moving through that journey is still very similar. Today's guest is Wendy Sterling, and I love what she says. She says that she helps divorced women walk the aisle from I do to I did to I am done. And one of the things that I also love so much about her is the fact that she holds both polarities. As she says, divorce sucks because it does. And it can also be the best thing to have ever happened for you. So with that, welcome to the show, Wendy. Let's talk all things divorce. Sounds great. Thanks for having me. I'm really looking forward to chatting with you today. Perfect. Let's start with a little bit of background on you. How did you, how did you like get involved in working with women around divorce? What is your story? Yeah, you know, I sure did not foresee this happening in any way, shape or form. So, you know, first and foremost, I just want everyone to know that I do believe that divorce can be the most empowering experience that we go through to find our true identity and voice to design a life that we choose instead of feeling stuck with the one that we have. And that was very much my story. I had been in corporate America working for almost two decades uh, in ad sales, working for very well-known women's lifestyle brands. And here I was married to my college sweetheart. We had two beautiful boys living the life uh, or or as I call the Facebook facade life that everyone uh, dreamed of having. And I will never forget the day uh, about five years ago where that entire facade and the foundation of the life I thought I had came crashing down around me. And it was in the form of, uh, you know, realizing that my now ex-husband was making some really poor choices and he was having an affair with a colleague. And so it was in that moment that I realized that I had completely lost my myself. I knew who I was as corporate executive. I knew who I was as mom. I knew who I was as wife. I knew who I was as daughter, sister. But when I really looked in the mirror, I had no idea who was staring back at me. I, I had completely lost Wendy. And what I ended up learning over the course of the next year was that I had sacrificed myself and had also relied upon my ex-husband to be my mirror back to reflect to me who it is that I was. And what I had realized was that 
I was living based on other people's expectations of me instead of being authentic to who I was. And so while I was in couples therapy with him, I was also in individual therapy. I didn't see that I was moving forward. Therapy kept me in my past. I felt like I was constantly in my head, negative thoughts, reliving moments. What did I miss? How did I get here? I don't look like a divorced person. This isn't supposed to happen to me. Why is this happening to me? And it wasn't until the universe intercepted, not just the night that I realized something was going on, but also in the form of a Facebook post from a friend who left her, her job and became a life coach. And something in my gut punched me and said, you got to call her. There's something in this. And so through that process and conversation, I, I go bigger, I go home. So I not only hired a coach, but I also decided to sign up and train as one and get certified because either way I thought, well, why not? This will help me. I'm an executive. I'm a leader. I manage multi-million dollar regions, you know, for these businesses, like this will be really great for me as a leader. And little did I know that over the course of a couple of days that my entire life would change and that I would have moved through a lot of emotions surrounding my divorce trauma than I had the entire eight months before in therapy. And so I knew that there was something special here. And I not only started journaling my recovery process, but I realized that I was actually an entrepreneur in corporate America. And I decided for myself, I thought to myself, well, nothing like this really exists out there. I didn't, I didn't know a lot of my colleagues that I now <laughs> become very good friends with, but nobody was doing um, the type of recovery that I knew that I needed. And that came in the form of tough love and accountability. And so I decided not only to file for divorce, but I also decided to leave my corporate job, my six-figure cushy paycheck, and to take a leap of faith and to bet on myself for the first time in probably 40 plus years. And I decided to start my own business and I created the Divorce Rehab, which is my five-step proprietary program that invites women and men um, into the uh, recovery process. It is based on my own process. And like I said, there isn't just a one size fits all for everybody, right? It's not like you just go into one and you're cured and you're fine. It took a lot of different modalities for me to really get through to the other side. So my program takes in elements of life coaching. It takes elements of spiritual psychology. I'm also an advanced theta healer. So it has theta healing involved in it. I'm also a certified divorce specialist. So so all these different elements have come in and have created my program. So I feel very blessed. It, it's, it's a gift. I love helping people because I know that if I can get through this, anybody can do this. It just, it takes commitment. It takes investment and it truly takes accountability and tough love, which is, is what I bring to the table. So I love that I get to empower women to live their best lives and to show them that anything is possible. Mm -hmm. What's so profound about what you said, there's a lot that's profound about what you said, but <laughs> what, uh, what I really want to shine the light on is the fact that we don't just go get a divorce. We don't just make a decision and say, yep, I'm going to get divorced. Here's the paperwork. Here's the financial affidavit. Here's my court date, parenting classes done, property split, bam, we're done. Boy, that was hard. I mean, I'm, I'm a former attorney. There's the legal side of divorce. That is hard. The paperwork is hard. Depositions, discovery, child support guidelines, that's all hard. 
but that's only one side of the coin. And so often the whole emotional side gets ignored. And we have this belief that people are either going to be relieved. Yay. I got a divorce or devastated. Oh, I got a divorce. And there's really no room for the wide range of emotions, both relief and joy and sadness and grief and devastation and the whole process. And that's what I really appreciate about what you are doing for men and women alike who are going through this process. You're saying yes. And there's way more to it. And it's a process and counseling can be fantastic. And therapy is great. And here's what you might need too. It might be theta healing. It might be this, it might be I really appreciate that because I truly believe divorce is one of the most significant impacts that we have in our world that just tends to get glossed over. Yeah. I mean, I was just reading the other day that divorce is actually the second most traumatic experience that can happen to somebody. First is death, obviously. And second is divorce. Um, You know, it's people don't tell you, you know, you or I should say people, I hear people say all the time, I just want to be done. I just want to be done because you think that there's this pot of gold on the other side of divorce. And it, it, you know, what I always say is that like, I hate to tell you guys, but it's not like there's a pot of gold on the other side. And that doesn't mean that you don't get to create your best life, but I feel like people attach attach sunshine to this other side. Like when it gets signed, that just begin, like, then you're in the separation of assets. You're in like the, like, to me, that's like the thick of it all. So what I, what I try to explain to my clients and what I preach in my podcast and to anybody that will listen is that it's, it's not about, you know, the emotional roller coaster ends. It gets less us bumpy down the road. But what's important is that you create a community, you get the tools that you need to be able to navigate it and move through it in a, in a smoother fashion, instead of it constantly being this like bumpy, 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 like roller coaster where you're just like, oh my God, I have headaches. And oh my God, when can I get off this ride? And I'm a huge proponent of you get to feel what comes up. I feel like we sweep it under the rug, but what ends up happening is you compress it. And then I call it like, it's this volcano effect where all of a sudden you're like, oh my God, I'm exploding. And how many times is it with your kids? Right. I was guilty of that. And I apologize. Right. I own it. (laughs) I'm not proud of it. And at the same time, I'm also human. Mm -hmm. So allowing yourself to feel, but allowing yourself to feel with somebody who gets it, who's been through it and can hold space and then shift you, give you the tools to help you shift out of it and to know when to recognize when you get back into that place to be able to shift out again. Yes. So important. And the way that you broke it down, tough love and accountability. You can tell talking to you, you also hold an incredible amount of empathy and space for people, but bringing in that tough love and that accountability is so important because it's also easy to get lost and swept away and just be like, "Ah!" and never move ahead. Yeah. You know, I will tell you, I, when I was in therapy, hadn't found coaching yet and all, everyone always says the same thing. You read every self-help book out there. You listen to every podcast 
podcast you can get your hands on. You sign up for every free webinar or free workshop that you can get your hands on. And people always wonder, well, why am I still stuck? Why am I not moving forward? And the reason you're not moving forward is because number one, what a lot of those resources are telling you are things that you have to do on your own. And what I know to be true is that we are our own worst accountability partners. We make excuses 24 seven. Oh, well, I had to go get the kids or I, I didn't have the time or this came up at work or I had to walk the dog. And so we, we come up with excuses to avoid it versus when you have somebody like me or you have somebody from my team staying on top of you and saying, what did you get done? What's getting in the way? How can I help you move through this, right? Someone staying on you like a coach is supposed to do and to help you move through it. And the tough love piece is really important because your friends and family are not going to tell you what it is that you need to hear. You know, so I say like we get, we give our clients kind of that kick in the butt that they need to be able to really push through to get them to the other side, because your friends and family are going to sit there and go, Oh, you're better off without them. And Oh, it's their loss. Right. But you're like, okay, yeah, I know that. And I'm still stuck. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, it's like, if I, if I got a dime for every time I heard somebody say, Oh, Wendy, you're so much better off without him. It's, it's his loss. It's like, I I would be a millionaire. Yeah. And I was like, okay. And so now what, what do I do? I'm alone. I haven't been alone in half my, like for half my life. Like I was with right. this man for 26 years. Like, I'm sorry. And now what? <laughs> and yeah. now what am I supposed to do? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And also as a hypnotherapist, I am always very, very aware of the subconscious portion of the brain. And we do what we know how to do because it's safe and it's patterned in our mind and we don't know how to get divorced. Most people aren't like, I get divorced every two months just to stay in shape. We don't know how to get divorced. We don't know. And you don't take a divorce course when you get married, right? You're not like, oh, just in case, like we should go take a divorce course that we know how to do this, right? Nobody enters into marriage (laughs) thinking divorce is on the table. So there's no preparation for any of this when it does happen. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. And it throws us for a loop. And I liked how you talked. You were, a, were and are a smart, capable, strong woman who's capable of managing all these different things. It's not that we're incapable of managing divorce. We just don't know how to do it. 100%. Yeah. Or when to choose it. What I would like to shine the light on right now is your story is very similar to my story. I, you know, was an attorney, a mother of two, we, you know, we had been to married, what, 23 years at that point together, 25 when the infidelity happened and completely rocked my world. You and I have ended up in different places. I am still married. We recently renewed our vows. You went the divorce route. What I want to do and hold space for right now is for the validity of any and all options for people who are listening to the show and her thinking, I don't know what to choose. Is it like your way or your way? It is nobody's way. It is no path. It is no process. You can go down this point until you decide something different. We separated. We were going to divorce before it changed. It. I just want to hold space for like the openness 
and to validate all choices are yours. All decisions are yours. And I think that goes right into that tough love and accountability too. You don't let anybody make this decision for you. And yes, when friends are saying you're better off alone, you know, he lost the best thing. That's great. But what do you want? What is in your heart? Exactly. And I will tell you and your audience, I coach my clients around, I have clients that are in the, should I stay or should I go phase? And I have, I have coached clients to go back to their marriages. I am happy. I, excuse me. I am pro happy, peace, love, joy, whatever that looks like. You know, I'm working with, I'm actually working with two women right now who are trying to figure out what is the best choice for me. And that's where I come from. I, Laura, very similarly, like I was ready to do anything to keep my marriage intact. And what I have learned from the process and what I do bring into my coaching with my clients who are in this, like, what should I do phase is it takes two people, right? It takes two people to keep a marriage together. And so if you're working a hundred percent on your 50% and he's working on a hundred percent of his 50%, absolutely. There's a possibility, right? So I also enable my clients to empower their spouse to figure out if that's what they wanted. My problem, right? The circumstances that, that I was presented with was that I was doing hundred percent of my 50 and he was doing some, but not to get us back to be number one, where I, I knew I deserved to be right. So it was also me knowing that this is what I want. This is what I get to have. This is the commitment that I get to ask you for. And he wasn't, he wasn't ready, willing, able. I honestly still to this day could not even tell you, but he just, he wasn't in a place to commit to that with me. And so it was in that moment that I had to decide for myself, like, I'm not going to, I'm not going to waste another year of my life waiting for this man who, you know, after 26 years should know. Right. So it was at that point that I decided, no, like I choose me. I, if you don't choose me, I do. Mm -hmm. And that's fine. So, you know, again, it's really important that you get really clear on what you want, what you know you deserve and give the person the opportunity to meet you there. And then you decide from that point. Yes. And that's that tough love place that I think is so powerful because like you, I've got clients who are staying and I have clients who are going And to me as a coach, there's nothing more frustrating when somebody's like, oh, well, I'm just going to, I'm going to give him one more chance. And he says, how many times are you going to give them space and grace? And how many times are you going to let yourself be disappointed? And sometimes it is really powerful to have somebody like you be able to say that and to call it out because we all need calling out on our stuff, don't we? hundred percent, hundred percent. And I'm so grateful that I had the support of my coach, yes. you know, to help me with that. And I mean, I'll tell you, I remember, I mean, I remember it like it was yesterday. Cause it was such an, not because it was sad, but because it was such an empowering pivotal part of my life where I remember I stood up in the couple therapist office. Cause I was like, okay, what are we doing here? And he just was like, and still in this, like, I don't know. And it had been a year. And I was like, And I looked at him and I was like, well, I do, I choose me and I want a divorce. And I walked out of the office 
And I looked at myself in the mirror, like, you know, my, my car visor mirror. And yeah. I remember looking at myself and going, number one, like, holy crap, what did I just do? And number two, I looked at myself and went, this is, this is what this feels like. Meaning this is what standing in your power feels like. Yeah. And it became that sensation that I was like, wow, I really can I get to do this and I get to do this more often. And I just chose myself when I don't, I don't know when I chose myself last. Yeah. So it's, it, it it's, it, it's really important that, you know, I, I think so many of us get caught up in the day-to-day of marriage, mm-hmm. right? It's like tag team, right? You're like, this kid goes, you know, drop off here, sports there, after school activity here, weekend this, it's like, whoop, tag, like tag team. Okay. Who's handling this? That you just, you get caught up and you lose so much of, of what is important in life. And, and that's another thing. Yeah. I, you know, I think one of the things I also learned in the process was, you know, I was living with a roommate and I had lost my best friend And so that was another element for me that, that was really important was I I, like, there wasn't anything left for me that was appealing at the end of the day. Right. I would have stayed for my kids. I would have done anything to save my marriage. And at the end of the day, I think most of it would have been because I was embarrassed and ashamed and didn't want, I didn't want to be the only one in my social circle divorced. I still am to this day which is great and fine. I could care less, like, you know, but I'm just saying that like, there's so much shame and embarrassment that comes with that choice that I think so many of us choose to what I call become doormats and just take that doormat treatment instead of, you know, being the knocker on the door. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So you work with a lot of women And what I want to go into for the second half of the show is what are some of the common blocks? What are some of the common misperceptions? And I think you hit on it a little bit right there is the perceived stigma around divorce, the perceived difficulty of it. But for the second half of the show, after the break, I would love for you to talk about the common blocks, the common misperceptions, the common places women tend to get stuck and kind of lay out a little bit of a roadmap. So any listeners who are thinking, huh, I need to know more. I need to know what this journey looks like. And I want to be aware of some of the traps so they can learn that. So listeners, we will be right back after a word from our sponsor and you will get your divorce roadmap. So you can be aware of any potential pitfalls. Do you feel betrayed by life, your body, or by someone that you love? You are not alone and you are not weak or overly emotional for feeling the way that you do. Betrayal is one of the most overwhelmingly painful experiences to navigate because it strikes at the core of who you are and what you are worth. No matter how gutted you feel, there is hope. You can flourish, not in spite of your experience, but because of it, I know. After 23 years of marriage, my world was shattered when I found out that my husband had been cheating on me with five different women for 15 years. I lost everything that day, my identity, my worth, 
and the future I had worked so hard to create. While it was a long and arduous journey back to myself, today I know who I am, what I want, and I am happier and more confident than I ever was before. I've got what I call naked self-worth, which is the ability to see, know, and love yourself for who you are, not for what you accomplished or for who you are in relation to others. No matter what has shattered your heart, if you're ready to get clear on who you are, what you want, and to learn how good life really can be, then life choreography is for you. Even if you feel too old or are too busy because you have kids at home and you're in charge of everything, life choreography is a comprehensive five-month, five-step program that empowers you to strip out of your labels, roles, and scripts and to reveal yourself as you are, not as you think you should be. To learn more, go to nakedselfworth.com and download your free guide that shows you how to untangle yourself from the past, reclaim your sexy, and start re-choreographing life on your own terms so you can love and be loved for exactly who you most authentically are. And we are back with Wendy Sterling, who helps women navigate the whole journey up to divorce, through divorce, and then creating the kind of life that they deserve after divorce. For the second half of the show, we're going to do a little roadmap of what this process typically looks like for people, realizing that everybody has a different journey, but there are still some common places where people get stuck. There are still some common pitfalls to avoid. So you are not going to want to miss this, whether you are in the process of divorce or just contemplating it. So Wendy, walk us through what this whole thing looks like. Yeah. You know, I think that, um, you know, to start out so many of us do not like the word divorce. Divorce is attached to shame, embarrassment, uh, something's wrong with me. Uh, you, you know, there's all these misperceptions, uh, that, that surround the word divorce. And, you know, it's interesting because the divorce rate is pretty much the same as the marriage rate. Yeah. And so, you know, I, I joke, but I don't, it's like, do you go up to your friends who say they're getting married and go, Oh, I'm really sorry. Because what happens when you tell people you're getting divorced? The first thing they say is, Oh, I'm so sorry. And it really bothers me because it was my choice. Like I actually, I'm like, high five me, like, you know, say congratulations, you know? (laughs) So, so that I think is what, you know, I have so many, I, I hear from so many people like, I, oh, and the other thing too, is it like you go to the doctor's office, why does it have a single divorced box? I checked the single, what's the difference? I'm single and I'm divorced. So, you know, I think society has created this stigma around divorce. And to be honest, that is my entire mission. My mission, the legacy that I am looking to leave in this lifetime is to change the stigma around divorce to be one of empowerment instead of shame and embarrassment. Because what people who haven't been through this process don't understand is the amount of courage, willpower, vulnerability, strength, like you've never known before 
-hmm. You have no idea what you're capable of until you go through this process. I will tell you, I was, I was, as you kindly said, you know, a little bit earlier, like I'm independent, I'm strong, I'm courageous. I thought I was vulnerable. Oh my God. It was like this much compared to what I've learned I am capable of, of a human being. And so what I try to shine the light on around how divorce can be empowering is is understanding like you have no idea what you're capable of and you've just hit the tip of the iceberg on that. And so shifting that conversation, shifting that myth from shame and embarrassment to one of power and courage. Yes. So that would be number one. Um, Number two, you know, it's interesting because one of the things that I realized when I separated from my now ex-husband was that I had no boundaries and I was a people pleaser. And so, so many of us think that the people pleasing route is what is going to make things easier. It is don't rock the boat, um, you know, and that letters back into my whole, you know, what we just talked about, about divorce being empowering. And so one of the things that people don't understand is that it's not about, tiptoeing around and people pleasing during your divorce. It's actually about you standing in your power and creating boundaries for yourself and for with not just your soon to be ex, but also with your kids, with your family, with your colleagues. I had no boundaries, Zippo. And then I got separated and I was like, holy moly, I didn't even know that I had no boundaries. And when I say boundary, I say, you know, boundaries are limitations, rules, guidelines that dictate where I end and somebody else begins. And so many of us make the mistake of not wanting to set boundaries because why? Well, you're used to doing it this way anyway. What if the kids feel there's ramifications on the kids if I set a boundary? Well, I just want us to be friends. So what's the big deal? Those are just three of so many mistakes and misperceptions that we have. And what that does is you're selling yourself out of your own integrity and you're keeping the other person's peace instead. And so one of the misperceptions is is not is thinking that boundaries are going to make your life harder when in fact boundaries are actually going to improve your relationship with your soon to be ex in ways you can't even fathom. Um, I will tell you that I, I I was scared. I, you know, one of the first boundaries I set with my now ex was, you know, please don't drive on my driveway. I am highly sensitive energetically. I could feel him when he would drive onto my property. And I would say, could you please drive along the driveway? The boys can walk up the very small driveway that I have. Right. And you know, I would appreciate you not driving onto my property. And I was so scared to say it. And so, but I did. And he actually listened, which was crazy. And so once you start setting these boundaries for yourself, it's crazy how, how people start listening and, you know, and it's not about just setting them one time it's repetition. So it's really important that you learn how, and how, how to set boundaries and what to say. Um, You know, the third thing that I will share on the myths is, you know, people not taking responsibility. So people going through divorce like to blame the other person. It's super easy to finger point. Yes. 
Oh and, my gosh. Yes. <laughs> right. I mean, right. just from the me, lawyer side, like people would blame me. And I remember at one point, the senior partner I was working with yelled at this client and she said, I didn't marry him. This is not my problem. And the client was like, oh my God, it is my problem. So I love that you said that because once we own that, it's going to change it. So it, yeah, no, it changes everything. So many times we, we say, well, you or he or she, instead of pointing the finger this way, right? You get to take responsibility for a hundred percent of your 50% of your marriage falling apart. And that was a pivotal moment for me because I just kept saying like, well, he cheated. He made this decision. He broke up our family. He, 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 he. And what was I doing? Well, I was deflecting and actually making my suffering even worse because what satisfaction am I getting by pointing the finger at him? Nothing. What I got to do when I finally manned, womaned up, uh, yeah. um, you know, and pointed the finger at myself was to say, wow, Wendy, you know, you contributed to this because you didn't communicate well. You story told in your mind and you didn't bother to include him in the conversation, but then you got mad at him and he looked at you going, you are crazy. Like, who did you just have a conversation with? Cause I was not there. I have no idea what you're talking about. Or for example, it's like, why don't you read my mind? We've been together for how many years? How do you not know this? Right? So I would get mad at him. And what I realized stemmed from like my owning my hundred percent of my 50 stemmed from poor communication on my part. And so it wasn't until I was able to really own that, take responsibility. And the way you take responsibility is through self-compassion. And so until you're able to really understand and practice that, you won't get to a place where you know what responsibility looks like. And I will tell you, it doesn't mean, it's not about the other person. It's about you. It's not about picking up the phone and going, oh my God, I get to take responsibility. It's no, I get to look in the mirror and say, you know what, Wendy, you were mean. Yeah. You didn't communicate well. And then you flip it around and you go, okay, what am I going to do differently next time? Because if you don't own it, right. Yes. Instead of being a victim, yes. own it. Yes. Yes. Own it. Yes. <laughs> Yes. Right. You have to own it because if you don't own it, guess what you're going to do? Do it again. Yeah. (laughs) And again and again, and then everybody's against me. Oh my gosh. There's no good men out there. Right. And then you like, you gossip and, and you go out and you tell people like, oh my God, I can't believe that he, right. (laughs) It's, it's a, it's a, you're, I call it the hamster wheel. You, you just stay on it. And it's, it's not serving, you know, and, and I know that it's so hard for us to have to look ourselves in the mirror and go, oh my God, I made a mistake, but guess what mistakes. I love making mistakes. Why? Because I know how to not do it again. Yes. Yes. (laughs) No, I also didn't become an entrepreneur without making mistakes right? How many mistakes have you made shifting careers and building your business? Like guys, you're not alone. You're not alone, but we feel like we are right. That's another myth. You think that you're the only one going through this. 
Your story is about, I am the only one who feels this. Well, this is my story. Nobody else's story is my story. It doesn't matter. It's the same emotions. Mm -hmm. It is the same grieving process. It's just manifesting in a different way. And so when you realize you're not alone, I hear that all the time. I'm so lonely. I'm alone. Alone. Tough love. Wendy is showing up here now towards the second half of the podcast or the second half of the podcast. Exactly. And that is that guess what guys alone is a choice. hundred percent. It is a choice. Yes. You can choose to pick up a book. You can choose to put on Netflix and binge a show. You can pick up the phone and call a friend. You can FaceTime a parent. You can, you know, call your kids who are at their co-parent, your co-parents house. Like alone is a choice. Yeah. So choose differently. Start telling yourself a different story because you create what you think. So if you say I'm alone, Yes, you are. And that is your choice. Right. And do something differently about it. Yep. Mm -hmm. You have that. I am here to tell you, you have the power to change your life. You have the power to change it through your mindset. Your mindset is what is getting in your way from having the life that you want. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. Let's talk about that a little bit more. Your mindset does matter. It matters more than anything. I firmly believe that. And there's this constant tension between having that positive mindset and processing between choosing to be happy and allowing yourself time to grieve between taking action and between feeling, dang it, I truly was victimized and he truly is a narcissist or there's that constant tension. How do you advise or walk women through that so they can heal and they can move ahead all at the same time. Yeah. You know, it's, we're so hard on ourselves and we forget to be a best friend to ourselves. We are so judgmental and we do not practice for ourselves, what we gift our friends, which is what you call empathy. Holding space for what comes up in the moment is so incredibly important. It is a roller coaster. I wish I could sit here and tell you that it goes from like, not so good to great. It is, it's messy. Divorce is messy. Welcome to divorce. And it's not that you're cured and you're healed. You know, I'm here five years later and I got triggered two weeks ago. Okay. And, and not from like, it wasn't even, I didn't go, Oh my God, Wendy, you're such a fake. And Oh my God, you know, you're supposed to be over this already. I, to me, it's awareness. So when you find yourself going from like, oh my God, things are great. And then all of a sudden, boom, like, where did this just come from? Right. It's about having awareness. I call, you know, it's mindfulness, right? A mindfulness practice is really acknowledging the thought, acknowledging the feeling that's coming up and getting curious about it going, okay, something new has just creeped up here. And for me, I realized that there was still, a, a, there was something coming up that I hadn't processed in this new way that it was coming up. up. And the benefit was, was that I had the tools to be able to move through it. So many times people think like, oh my God, I'm now starting over what happened or, you know, when it's, it's just like this little, it's just like this little blip that comes on all of a sudden that you're just like, oh, new little comment cloud is coming up going "Hmm, new way I 
get to process this information. And so I think it's just really important for everybody to who's listening to just understand that it's just an awareness that there's something new. And it doesn't mean that you've taken 10 steps back. It means that you've just taken a step to the side and your path is going to look a little bit different and that's okay, but it's not going to be over, right? But especially if you have kids, I'm interacting with my ex all the time. Like, you know, and people know my story, my ex-husband is remarried. He has a daughter now in his new marriage. Um, who knows it, you know, what else is going to be coming, right? It doesn't mean that when these new life experiences happen or my kids are impacted by their dad, things come up and I get to process them when they do. And it's not where I get into a place of judgment. I get into a place of, okay, Wendy, you get to feel through this and then you get to shift. What is the new perspective that you're going to have on this? And so have compassion for yourselves, have grace. And just consider it as like a, a piece of awareness instead of this massive setback. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's so easy to think that the journey is linear. Right. Yeah. And that we're doing something wrong. Oh my gosh. Blah, blah, blah. And it's just not. I mean, I think that was one of the biggest blessings of the whole COVID pandemic. Yeah. We can't control it and we don't know what's happening and, and who's mandating what and which vaccine and who and where. And if my neighbor's doing this or my school's doing this or like, we have no control. No. And we spend more time stressing about the things we have no control over instead of focusing on what you do. So everybody listening, imagine how much of your day you spend thinking about all the things out of your control, how much time would you get back? I would bet 80% of your day. Yeah. Yeah. And what would you do with that much time that you have back? I mean, that's, I know what I would do. Right. Right. And, and that's honestly the, the crux of, of what my mindset coaching is all around is learning how to stop yourself from one wanting to control what's out of your control and to shift into a mindset of what do I have control over in this moment? Mm -hmm. Because it, it literally will give you a lot of your life back a lot and health impact, right? The stress, the anxiety, the depression whoosh, goes way down yeah. when you stop worrying about what you can't control. Yes, absolutely. And something I want to point out to listeners around that, because that is so powerful, Wendy, thank you so much for sharing that. Think about your judgment, the story that came up in your head when you heard Wendy's husband cheated on her and she's divorced, compare and contrast that to the story, Laura's husband cheated on her and they're together. There's a lot of judgment both ways and either ways. And I guarantee your head went somewhere like, oh, blah, 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 blah. Wendy's stronger. Laura sucked up, blah, blah. you know, whatever it is. Also, what is the story in your head when you heard Wendy say, my ex has a new daughter? Did you do like you, she said at the beginning of the podcast, oh, oh, that's going to be messy. What was the story that was instantly there? Because I know for me, whenever anybody says anything about anything, a story comes up. And I like how you talked about just having that awareness around it because the story is, oh, that's going to be messy. 
you could have followed up that story with, and it's the best thing. And it's so grateful. I don't know your story. Why would I overlay my story? Why would I even believe my story? Why would I spend a moment of time on a story that's in my head instead of getting curious and saying, wow, how does that work? What does that look like? So thank you for bringing that up. And I just wanted to kind of pause and do a little real life demo for listeners and just challenge you in the moment. What is the story in your head? You can write a new one, acknowledge it, be aware and let go. Yep. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Cause your story is coming from your past. It's coming from your limiting beliefs and it's not serving you change it. Yeah. Write a new one. Yeah. So I think that's where some of that accountability probably comes in because it's so easy to live on autopilot. (laughs) We all do, you know, because literally we're, we think that checking off a to-do list is what's going to make people think we're like movers and shakers. And that's ultimately it's to your detriment, you know, it checking stuff off to me, the more you check off, the less present you probably are in your life. What, what are you, who is, is losing out, right? I I've had to set new, again, boundaries, <laughs> you know, really forcing myself to stay very present in, in certain moments, instead of running amok in Storyville, you know, just staying present to what I know is true instead of checking out and going down story Storyville lane, you know, so you have a choice. Yeah, exactly. So talk a little bit more about what that accountability piece looks like in your coaching practice and maybe give us an example of how, how that accountability truly can help women shift and stop and get out of Storyville. Yeah. You know, it's, it really comes in the form of the accountability piece is really about pointing out, you know, you were talking before about the conscious mind versus the subconscious, right? As a hypnotherapist, you deal a lot with the subconscious. As a theta healer, I do the same thing. And even as a coach and my coaches, we listen to what is not being said. And so the accountability piece comes in through the subconscious. So many times the way it is that you are showing up in one place, you're showing up in multiple places because it is such a subconscious energy, behavior, you know, whatever it is. And so the way that we coach our clients in it from an accountability standpoint is inviting them to commit to an action. So what are you committing to, right? When are you committing to complete it by and who is holding you accountable, right? It's us. However, who's holding you accountable, right? Because The other part of this too, you guys, is that when you say it out loud and someone else has you on the hook with your word, right? How many of you honor your word? So when you give somebody else your word, you hold yourself accountable. And so that's how we do it. You know, I, I have, I do coaching with clients one-on-one. I also have a group program. Accountability looks different, but at the end of the day, it's the same. So my group has accountability with homework that is due the night that they get coached and they have homework due at the end of the week. And if they do not complete that homework, 
guess who who's all over them tagging them and saying where's your homework haven't seen it and it's not a matter of making people feel bad it's about what's getting in the way yeah. so what's getting in the way cuz 99% of the time it's your mindset it's your story yeah. Yeah. i don't know how to do this correctly well i don't have the time you know oh this came up no, you're choosing not to do it. <laughs> so right. that's where we come in with my private clients. It's very similar um, with them. It's, it's me checking in with them on a text, right. And just saying, what are you, what are you committing to same process? And for them, it's, it's, it's a little bit different in that a lot of times their assignments are over a longer period of time because with private coaching is, as yeah. I'm sure, you know, you know, the shifting happens a lot quicker and it's, you're getting people into practice. It's, it's a different process, but at the end of the day, it's really about ensuring that the person agrees to the commitment that they're making. It's meant to stretch them, right? I don't want you cushy and this feels easy. I want it to be like, Ooh, that feels a little, little difficult. Great. That's what you're going to do because when you're on discomfort means growth, pain yeah. does not mean growth. Discomfort means growth. Right. So, so the accountability part is so incredibly important. And it is literally the foundation for all of my programs, because without it, you're going to stay stuck. Yeah, absolutely. So what is the pearl of wisdom that you have to give to people who may be in that phase? Like you were in, like I was in where I'm like, I'm going to listen to everything and I'm going to study it. And I'm just going to figure it all out in my head. And then once it's all figured out in my head, it's all going to be perfect. <laughs> what is your pearl of wisdom about getting people out of their heads and into a place of action right now, today, no matter where they're at. My pearl of wisdom is honestly this. If this was your child, what action would you take? And what's holding you back from giving yourself the same courtesy? Mm, yeah. How many of you listening, if your child was in pain, if they were suffering, would you not fork over your credit card and buy purchase, do whatever it took, visit every and all doctors, not caring if they carry your insurance. If you knew that they had the answer to help your kid, you would do it. And yet, hmm, we make excuse. Oh, I'm not worthy. Oh, I can't spend this right now. Oh, but eventually I'll get there. There's no urgency. There's urgency when it comes to our children and there's no urgency when it comes to ourselves. And so I invite every single one of you guys, what is it costing you doing it alone? What is it costing you making excuses versus what is the investment that you would make in yourself? And what is that transformation that you would have if you got the help that you know you need and you know works? Yeah. So- that's what I would say. That beautiful. Thank you for saying that. And I want to follow up on that by reflecting both on my marriage and experience in your marriage and experience. I don't know about you, but for me, the infidelity was also kind of that moment where it was like, oh, this is in my face. I can't live as a roommate anymore. I can't not communicate and just be okay. And we'll figure it out later anymore. I've got to do something now. And that's kind of what you're talking about. Pulling out the credit card, get help now. 
sometimes it takes that catastrophic situation, the infidelity to fix your marriage, the divorce to fix yourself. But I guess why waste time? Why waste Mm -hmm. time? If my husband and I could have done what we did post infidelity earlier on, we would have had 20 extra years of an amazing marriage. If the self-growth you did during and after your divorce could have happened 20 years earlier, you would have probably been happier, more successful, fulfilled. So why wait? Why wait? Yeah, it's, it's your loss, right? It's you're missing out on a life that could be amazing. Whether you go Laura's path, you go my path. There's something beautiful on the other side. And, and it is possible to repair your marriage. You know, I, I remember even our couples therapist saying like, you guys can get through this. Like it is possible. And there wasn't a day in that year where I never thought it wasn't possible. And I also knew that I could only control me. So at that point it was like, well, that's, I'm working towards repairing my marriage and I can't. I got to that point where I was like, well, looks like I was the only one doing the work. So guess that's not going to work. And it was also one of those mindsets too, where it's like, let's just figure ourselves out and and then come back and see, like, do we even like the other person anymore? Do we want to be with the other person? Right. Because you, you, I, I held space that it was possible. It was never, I never thought it wasn't. I always held space for the possibility. And I knew that if it wasn't that I was going to be the one to rip the bandaid. Yeah. I knew that I knew, I knew that for the whole year. And so, you know, there's an urgency that we don't place a high enough value on. And the urgency is not about like fixing your marriage or getting divorced. The urgency is in getting clarity around what it is that you want period. Yes. Yes. What it is that you want. And then that accountability and that tough love to do it, because I guarantee listeners, I get, I'm looking at you. (laughs) I guarantee there is something in your heart right now that, you know, that you are just not admitting to yourself, but you know, but you're just not quite taking action on it. I guarantee that. Absolutely. We all are. I mean, you guys, transformation is a lifelong journey. It's not, we're never done, you know, and that doesn't mean that, you know, I don't want you guys to think that like, you know, there's always something we, we hear that and we go, oh, something's wrong with us. No, it's called human. We are humans. We are having, you know, a human experience and humans make mistakes. Humans keep learning new experiences way into your, your, who it is that you are, your choices, your behaviors, everything impacts you. So you're in this constant, you know, transformation and it's the, it's fun. Look at it as an adventure. Look at it as, as curiosity, Mm -hmm. you know, and, and it it gets to, it gets to be fun. And I think we forget and take it so seriously instead of seeing it as an opportunity for, for possibility, right? It's about what's on the other side and all all the opportunities and possibilities that are there. Yes. And what is on the other side? There's a lot of good stuff on the other side, but it's not just a destination. Bam. I like how you said this transformation, this journey goes on because 
if it's not one thing, it's another. (laughs) It is, you know, it's literally like, you know, like I said, like there was a trigger for me two weeks ago that I was like, what is going on here, Wendy? Like, where did this come from? And, you know, and, and it's also, you know, you guys, we get impacted by our kids. Like my kids, it's 50, 50. And, you know, there's stuff that goes on when they're, when they're at their dad's or stuff that goes on when they're here and you're always navigating. You're always, you know, again, it's called life. It's called human existence, you know? So just again, have compassion, have grace, but ask for help. You guys don't do this by yourself. You're going to be in a stuck place for so much longer than if you just ask for help from somebody who will get you on your path and get you living your life that much more quickly. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And before, before I get to the next part on this, what I want to affirm around that is the skills that you teach women, the skills that I teach women, the skills that so many coaches teach women are skills that are transferable to a wide range of situations. So if that helps somebody also make the decision, it's not that you're investing in just a divorce coach and bam, once the divorce is over, you're never going to need those skills. It's also co-parenting skills. It's also parenting skills, in-law skills, friendship skills, working skills. Mom. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Dads. Like, yeah. Yeah. All relationships. It is. And even like in being an entrepreneur and the relationship with people that you work with and building your business and negotiating de- de- you know, deals, the skills are transferable to such a wide range of circumstances. Yeah. I mean, and I, and I say that all the time, like the way things are manifesting in one area there's a through line. Like I call it this through line and it's manifesting differently in different places in your life. So when you're shifting it, you know, here, it's going to impact this area too. So the importance, like I call it the ripple effect, like there's a ripple effect that ends up happening that people will start noticing and the changes start happening and life becomes more resonant instead of living in this place of dissonance for so long. It's it's not a, that's not a good place to be. Mm -mm. Mm-mm. And I wanted to thank you when you spoke of your legacy. I really feel that because there is so much shame and judgment in the world um, in so many different areas. And I just wanted to say thank you for making that piece your legacy and for just saying it. So those of us who have judgments or beliefs We'll be able to go, oh, wow, I do think divorce is a dirty word, or I am ashamed of that, or that does embarrass me. And look at Wendy, she's okay. And look at her clients, they're okay. I can be okay too, and I can let that go. So where can people learn more about you, your five-step process, some of your, again, beliefs and ideas and passions around divorce? Where can they find you and get in touch? Absolutely. So the best place is my website, wendysterling.net. It's W-E-N-D-Y-S-T-E-R-L-I-N-G.net. Um, I also offer support calls. I hope that's okay to mention, um, you know, because so many times we don't know what it is that we need. And I have an amazing network of colleagues that I have referred business to. I am, I am not everyone's cup of tea, but so many times we, we don't know what we need. And that is something where I love giving out information and resources. So you can 
schedule a call with me if you would like. It's free. It's uh, contactwendy.com. I also have an amazing private um, Facebook group called the Divorce Rehab, where I love on that group. I do free workshops in there. I put free content in. I do lives all the time. Um, and I'm also on Instagram. My handle is at Divorce Rehab with Wendy. And I also have my own podcast, which is the Divorced Woman's Guide podcast. You can find me on any and all podcast platforms as well. So Laura, thank you so much for having me and for allowing me to share my wisdom with with your audience today. It's been an amazing conversation. Yes, you're welcome. Thank you so much. Thank you for holding space, for being honest, for being vulnerable, for being courageous in sharing this and for doing the work that you do. Um, listeners, I'm also going to be a guest on Wendy's podcast. So if you're like, dang, I really like her, join in on that one too, because I think we can be able to take it, you know, deeper and focus more around the betrayal recovery piece, you know, in addition to the divorce. So follow along check her out, jump in her Facebook group. Um, and again, if you have any questions, you can always reach out to her or me. I'm happy to connect you to her. If you're like in the car or at the gym and you're like, I can't remember her name. Let me know. Notes are in the show notes too. Have an amazing week. Thank you for being here and always remember to flaunt exactly who you are because who you are is always more than enough. Tune in next time to Flaunt. Find your sparkle and create a life you love after infidelity or betrayal with radio host and live choreographer Laura Cheadle every Wednesday at 7 a.m. and 7 p.m. Eastern Time on syndicated Dream Vision 7 Radio Network. Develop naked self-worth and reclaim your confidence, enthusiasm, and joy so you can create a life you love and embrace who you are today. Download your free Sparkle Through Betrayal Recovery Guide at NakedSelfWorth.com.